Welcome to the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast. Your host is the founder of HolidaysToSwitzerland.com and the Switzerland Travel Planning Facebook group, Carolyn Schonefinger. On this podcast, Carolyn will be joined by a variety of guests who share their knowledge and love of the country to help you plan your dream trip to Switzerland. Welcome to episode 18 of the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast. Today, we'll be chatting about a part of Switzerland that is off the radar for many international visitors to Switzerland. That is the Appenzell region. I've only had a brief glimpse of Appenzell when I did a day trip from Zurich a few years ago, so I'm really keen to learn more about this beautiful part of the country. Joining me today to tell us all about the region is Andreas Frey, the Managing Director of Appenzell Land Tourism. Welcome, Andreas. Hi, thank you for your invitation. Thank you very much for joining us. Now, as I just mentioned in the introduction, you're responsible for tourism in Appenzella land. So for those listeners who don't actually know where Appenzella land is, can you tell us a bit more about this part of Switzerland? Yes, sure. Um, the Appenzellerland is located in the eastern uh, Switzerland. So if you look on a map, it's on the top right side. And there, um, most of the people or some people probably know the Lake of Constance. It's the third biggest uh, lake of Middle Europe. And uh, the lake is the border to Germany, Austria and quite near to the Austrian border, um, there is also the small country uh, Liechtenstein. And therefore, the, the bigger region where the Appenzellerland is part of is also called the four country region. So that's like the bigger context. And um, the Appenzellerland is like this this five uh, Swiss franc coin within um, another uh, canton. And um, Tappenzellerland itself is as well divided into two parts. Now, I guess the great thing is that you're you're in such a tranquil location with uh, such beautiful uh, surrounds, but you're so close to the major cities as well. Yeah, for sure. That's a big advantage. Can as well be a disadvantage because... um, means that the people are coming uh, only for for a day and go again um, back to the city centers. And that's actually not something we wish. Our target is always that people really deal with our destination, um, calm down, arrive, calm down, and um, also experience our tradition, our culture, which is quite important to the people living here and for us as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as I said before, I'm, I'm guilty of uh, only visiting the region for one day, so sorry about that. But I did have plans to visit uh, for longer in June 2020, but we all know what happened to our travel plans that year. So it's definitely uh, on my list for next time to come back and stay longer. Now, you just mentioned there that the, the customs and the traditions that you as a destination want visitors to enjoy and I know from um, just this, the short visit that I ha- had to Appenzell that the the traditions are really strong. I mean, even on that one day when I visited, I saw people wearing the traditional clothing 
and I've seen pictures of them with the, the alpine horns. What, what can you tell us about the different traditions and customs that are still practised today? Yeah, it's uh, it's true. It's it's going to be quite a big answer, as it is uh, <laughs> very important to us. Probably there is no other region in Switzerland where traditions and customs um, are observed as passionately as in the Appenzellerland. However, it's not the only thing we have, but I think the people here in this region have a very strong feeling for working together and helping each other and therefore you need like this basement and these processions these um, different things we have they they help therefore to go through this different um, traditions I I suggest we start at the beginning of the year or at the end of the year. Uh, the biggest, actually the biggest um, tradition we have is the New Year's Mummers procession. Um, that's on the last day of the year. And according to the old Julian calendar on the 13th of January, because um, we have like, um, as I already said, there are two cantons like the Catholic Inroden and the Protestant Ausroden. And therefore, it's still like something um, they celebrate as well on the 13th January, which is called the, the old um, change of the, of the year. And on this, uh, in this time, in, in December and January, on these two days, there are uh, men and boys costumed as um, typical traditional characters. They wear masks and colorful robes, and they uh, walk through um, the region from, uh, from different farmers to farmers early in the morning, and they are dressed like beautifuls, like uglies, or like uh, forest and nature-based figures. Mm -hmm. um, and in a group of, of five people, we call that Schuppel. And then they are ringing these traditional bells and are yodeling uh, it. They go from door to door and wish the people, the farmers, uh, a happy new year. So um, this, this spectacle, it dates back to the 15th century. And um, yeah, every year it fascinates a lot of, of people from Switzerland, but as well uh, surrounding countries. Mm -hmm. So that's where we start with the, with the year. And that's the biggest highlight, I would say. And afterwards, we have the, the Bloch procession. The Bloch is um, a part of a carnival tradition uh, from the Appenzellerland. And actually, when the last tree is felled in the winter, um, there are 20 men from the village Urnesh or Herisau, and they pull um, this tree through the, the different villages and at the end of the day, 
procession, the the tree is sold to the highest bidder in the village. <laughs> and then this bidder uh, makes some furniture out of it or or whatever. Um, so that's that's the block. And next to that, we have some farmer's tradition as well. So the cattle of the cows, which takes place around April, May, you actually never know the exact date because it depends from when the snow is uh, melted in, in the higher regions. So, but on this day, the dairy herdsmen drive their cattle up to uh, the, the Alpine pastures in a in an orderly and colorful procession so there is quite um how how can i say it quite documented how they um how they walk behind each order so first there is a small boy always and then um there comes the 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 goats the appenzello goats the white one, and then there is um, uh, a children, a girl, also dressed in the in the festive folk dress. And after this girl, um, then the herdsman comes with the yellow uh, trousers and uh, and the red traditional closers, and then the three cows. <laughs> so the three most beautiful co- cows with their um, big bells. One bell is up to nine kilogram, um, have a weight of nine kilogram. And after these three most beautiful counts, there are four other um, herdmans and then the rest of the, <laughs> of the cows. And at the end, there is coming the dog and the owner of the, of the whole uh, cattle. So it's really like these traditions are quite fixed and mm-hmm. it has to be like that and it was always like that and it will be probably always like yeah. like this it's quite um impressive to yeah. to observe and and that's one of the great things isn't it that it's been the same for so many years and it and it continues to be the same today actually however i think as well it develops in little little steps and that's also something it has to, because only like that the, the tradition can live further. And um, yeah, so we have this this farmer farmer traditions, which are, are quite quite beautiful. And um, yeah, we hope that they are uh, still existing the upcoming years. Mm-hmm. So that when they they go up up to the um, to the alpine pastures, as you said, usually around April May, then they come down again, don't they? In sort of September October, is that um, celebrated in you know with a procession and so forth as well? Exactly. So we are now. I'm actually not finished with the whole year. So oh, okay. during during the time uh, they are on the on the on the Alps. Um, there are as well some some uh, traditions like the, the the Stubete. It's actually a traditional music is played. They are dancing, uh, merrymaking, and um, there are some some highlights of the day, like a dance called the Hierik. And this dance is um, done from a couple. 
and uh, it's always the same procedure as well. So the couple, um, it's a mix of dancing and acting and the couple get to know each other, they fell in love, they break up, they tease each other and of course there is a happy end in the end mm. and they fell in love. So <laughs> that's actually what's happening during the summer when the people are um, living uh, in the higher regions. And then, as you already told, there are the, the Alpfahrt, Abfahrt. So that means that they come back. That's about mid-end of September. And then uh, it's not that early in the morning because they, they start early in the morning, but then they come to the village um, around 11 o'clock um, or something like that. And then in, uh, in Urnesch, um, there is a large farmer's market offering a variety of, of lo local products. So, um, yeah, this, this ceremony is then the end of the, of the summer. And a few weeks later, there is the cattle show. So, uh, in autumn, there, um, are some cattle shows the farmer then presents their richly ornamented uh, cattle in the show arena where an expert jury um, assess and ranks the animals that's quite an important thing as well for the farmers because the the cows which are winning a prize of course they uh, get more profit in the in the end so that's the last point of the of the year of these farmer traditions and then it starts again like that every year yeah wonderful now you've mentioned the farming traditions there and i imagine with um with such a, a you know beautiful landscape but that's great for for breeding the cattle and goats that you mentioned that there's a lot of um, products that are that are produced in Appenzeller land so one of them that many people will be aware of is cheese what is so unique about the Appenzeller cheese and what other specialties can visitors taste when they come to the region imagine the, <laughs> the cows are living there where a lot of people uh, spend uh, spend some money to, sp <laughs> to spend their vacation so it's the beautiful landscape they are enjoying no kidding, but um, seriously, it's for sure it's important point. The cows are exclusively exclusively fed with with fresh grass, wildflowers, herbs, and and hay. So natural ingredients, traditional craftsmanship, and uh, as well the there is a mysterious herbal brine, um, which is part of this secret. Um, recept of the Appenzeller cheese um, and of course they make quite hard quality control as well mm -hmm. so um, this unmistakable aromatic flavor from the cheese comes from from washing the cheese regularly um, regularly they use this secret herbal brine there are herbs in it roots in it but there are actually only two people which know uh, what what is in the recipe, re which is what is really in it. And then they, uh, from hand, they they wash these cheeses, and like that, it gets this this flavor 
and therefore it's it's quite famous in in uh, in Switzerland but as well around the world yeah mm. lovely and what about other specialties that people can can try when they visit um yeah we have for example the Appenzeller Bieber the Appenzeller Bieber it's kind of a of a special gingerbread with uh, with honey and nuts then furthermore, there is the Appenzeller beer. It is quite famous in Switzerland. And actually, if you are traveling to Switzerland and flying with Swiss, you already can get your first, with Swiss International Airline, you can already get your first taste of the Appenzeller land because um, there they, in the, in Swiss, they are, or in the, the flights from Swiss, they are serving uh, the Appenzeller beer. Okay. That makes us quite proud, and we are actually the biggest biggest private brewery in in Switzerland, which does not belongs to big brands like Heineken or, or Carlsberg. So that's another um, product from our region. Next to that, we also have um, a quite innovative water uh, bottling uh, factory. They started with bottling water. Mm-hmm. But now they diverse their product portfolio with sweet drinks, teas, champs, aperitifs, uh, which are very delicious. That's uh, Goba, the Goba manufacturing. Okay, so there's some, something for every, every taste there. Sure, yeah. Perhaps one thing that um, is also quite uh funny for from from people from foreign uh, countries is the i want to mention that is is another cheese the urnescher hornkuhkäse it's actually a, a a cheese which is only made from cows which uh needs to they need they still need to have their horns otherwise they won't use the cheese, uh, the, the, the milk for this cheese. So also really? the horns can have uh, an impact on the flavor of, of cheese. Okay. Well, there you go. Now, I'd imagine that one of the reasons that many people choose to visit Appenzeller Land is because it's kind of off the beaten path more than many other destinations in Switzerland. And you can get a, a real sense of, what life in in a you know a rural Swiss village is like is is that a fair assumption? Yeah, it's it's quite um, like like that. I think most of our visitors are from Switzerland, like nearly ninety five percent, and the traditions are very important to the local people. And if there is too much visitors. This can stimulate the tradition in a wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Like you have this folklorism, people are only coming um, to make their photos and leaving and not really interacting. And so therefore we try to be as careful as possible. For example, we are actually, even though uh, I'm working as uh, for the for the tourism, we are not very amused about big buses arriving in a village. People are uh, visiting the village in a group. Uh, two hours later, they are they are gone. That's mm-hmm. not the the way we think tourism should be. So our target is that 
people really deal with the with the culture the landscape they they should arrive and get to know new things how we are doing uh, this or that instead of visiting an open air museum uh, yeah it's for me it's as well a, a question of sustainability um, what impact does a visitor want to have towards the destination and its population yeah no that's a great great way to look at it you want people to come and really as you say immerse themselves in the the culture rather than just come and say yes i've been there and tick another destination off their list exactly exactly yeah so can you tell us uh, about some of the towns in Appenzeller land and and some of the the highlights that, that that people can expect to see there Yes, sure. We can start in uh, in the north in Haydn. Um, Haydn, the village, um, is actually like on a how do how do we call it on a terrace, and you have a wonderful view over the Lake of Constance. Um, special thing about this village is that it burned down completely. And afterwards, it was built up in about one and a half years or something like that. And so it's all the architecture style is in the same way in this village. And that's, that's quite um, impressive. And then we, when we go further, um, we, call, we come to, to Trogen. Um, so we go further south, southwest. Um, from Haydn, Trogen um, has a has a baroque church, and uh, actually they have a, a big history about um, textile workers. There is a family called Zellweger, which was um, quite big at this time and quite important in whole Europe, actually. So this origin of the name Zellweger, you have it, people with the name Zellweger around the world, they actually all come from this original place, Trogen. So um, there it all starts with this dynasty, which was um, quite big, and they had some uh, quite big houses as well, or, or if you will call it even palace um, in, in Trogen, which you can still visit today. Okay. And then further, um, we go to uh, the so-called Hinterland. So Appenzellerland uh, is as well divided into four smaller regions. And there we have like the more agriculture focus, more focus on um, traditions with, uh, with Herisau, Stein, uh, and Urnesh, where, where um, yeah, the farming is much more a topic than in the other parts of the country. We also have in, in Stein, for example, the, the show diary, the cheese diary, um, and in Urnesh, the, the museum of traditions, which is also, um, yeah, very, very uh, interesting to visit and to get to know the the culture of of the destination a little bit more 
Okay. So is uh, Appenzeller a, a good destination for families to visit? In my opinion, the Appenzeller land is like one big playground, an open air playground, but you have so much um, possibilities of outdoor activities. There are a few hiking paths with with, uh, with different topics, like like that it's easier to go for a hike with children. However, most of them are in German. So I'm <laughs> not sure if they are really um, a thing for, for people which are not speaking the language. But even though you can, you can walk and you come across different playgrounds which are free to, to use, and then a big highlight for many children in our region is the Rekha Feriendorf. Rekha is a Swiss um, company which has actually different um, places, villages, small vacation villages uh, for families. So there you are actually living in an apartment, but you can use some uh, different uh, things like you are in a, in a hotel. And um, there the children have a, pro a whole program the whole day. They can feed animals and visit different farms. Um, and next to that, there is also the, the family mountain or so-called family mountain Kroberg. And this mountain has a, a zip line park, uh, a toboggan, uh, which, is, which is quite attractive as well. Yeah. Okay. So there's lo lots of things uh, for ch for children to keep occupied with. Sure. And with such a beautiful landscape, you've already mentioned uh, some of the things that children or families can do out outdoors. But what what about um, if people aren't coming with children? What sort of ac outdoor activities can they enjoy throughout the year? Now in our our region, hiking is for sure the number one in winter as well as in, in, in summer. In winter, you can walk with snowshoes um, through the forest, which is quite idyllic. And um, you're very fast, you're very alone. And that's something I really appreciate in, in, in the region uh, myself. So you actually don't need much. A pair of good shoes, uh, you have the fresh air, and the adventure can start. And you ne never know where, where you'll end up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a good planning is, is you, you is, might need is a map. Good. <laughs> also observe the weather. But however, um, actually, people say about up in Zelleland, the good thing is that within an hour, there is also the next rest. There is always the next restaurant. So you even don't have to get picnic or, or, or a bottle of water or whatever. There is also a restaurant is coming within one hour if, you, <laughs> if you're walking. Fantastic. Now, I'd like to ask you a bit about, um, and excuse me if I pronounce it incorrectly, but Mount Santis. Now, it's a, it's a oh, mountain. very good. Oh, good. Thank you. Now, it's a mountain that's probably not very well known to international tourists. Certainly, uh, most people have heard of Matterhorn and Jungfrau Jock. Uh, but what what can you tell us about Mount Santis and, and what can people expect if they um, visit there for a day? 
Yeah, so we haven't talked about Mount Santis, and actually, it's one of our uh, our big highlights. The Mount Santis is um, far away the highest peak uh, around eastern Switzerland, and especially if you if people are arriving from 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 Germany or if they are coming from from the southern part of Germany and and driving uh, towards Switzerland, you see the Mount Santis as the only one standing there, and um, it's quite impressive. With, uh, with good weather conditions, you can see six countries from the mountain. So you see, of course, to, to Switzerland, to Germany, Austria, and Liechtenstein. So this four-country region. But you can even see to, to um, France and Italy. So that's something quite impressive. And as it is standing alone, um, you, you feel sometimes like... <laughs> Like a little bit like a king uh, standing there on this on this mountain, yeah. and then even in bad weather you can learn a lot because they build up some experience zones at the top of the mountain. There um, there is one experience zone about ice. A lot of people don't know it, but there is still a very small glacier next to the peak of the mountain. And the other experience, which is at the top, is all about um, weather, because Mount Santis has a lot of di different weather records. For example, there is no other mountain which um, has harder winds than the Mount Santis, because it's standing that alone. Mm -hmm. Like the weather can come with um, with with all its positive and negative. Uh, things and uh, that's quite impressive to see how um, how powerful weather can be and how powerful this peak station at the top has to be as well yeah sure so if people want to go up to the summit and um, enjoy those experiences where where do they i assume it's a cable car not a not a train a mountain train that they get so where would they catch that from they catch it from um Schwegalp. the actually you you if you arrive with the with the public transport there is a bus driving uh, to the Schwagalp and there you can get to the to the um, cable car station and then go up yes okay great so if any of our listeners are planning on visiting up and sell do they need to rent a car or is it convenient enough to get around with public transport now it always depends on what you are traveling uh, with. Like in most regions, of course, a car is more comfortable. However, um, we have in Eastern Switzerland we have this special uh, guest card called Oscar, uh, and with this card you are able to travel. You get this card if you are staying for more than uh, two nights. And with this card, you are able to travel for free um, with the public transport. And you can even use all cable cars for free. Next to that, the entry to museums and, uh, for example, the cheese diary um, of this famous Appenzeller cheese are, are included. 
And you can even use the boats on, on Lake of Constance um, with this card or visit the Rhinefall, which is actually not in the, in the region of Appenzellerland, but which is um, in the region of eastern Switzerland and, of course, the biggest waterfall in, in Europe. So in, within this guest card are a lot of attractions and as I already said, the public transport is, in, is, in, is included as well. Yeah, good. Okay, so hopefully we've uh, encouraged our listeners to visit Appenzellerland and stay for more than just one day. So if they do plan on visiting and spending a few days in the region, what are the absolute top highlights that you recommend they see and do and whereabouts should they base themselves? Um, we always talk about from Bodensee bis zum Sentis, which means uh, our destinations reach from the Lake of Constance until Mount, Mount Sentis. So these two things are actually, um, the, the, I think, the, the two main attractions. Um, the Mount Sentis we already uh, talked about. There is a, a hotel um, Alp. so the hotel uh, is part of the cable car so um, for example you can say to the hotel I want to breakfast at the top of the of the peak mm. and um, that's going to be possible quite a, an experience and the other thing is the, the the lake of Constance and if you visit the lake of Constance we recommend uh, uh, like Haydn as as base and and there you can uh, make kind of a round trip from the village Heiden. You start, then you you have a walk to to a very small village called Walzenhausen. After this walk, you can um, take the the railroad down to the Lake of Constance. Then you can go with the boat from uh, Reinig which is also a small village further to, to Rorschach, uh, a little town. And then from Rorschach, you go back again um, with a wreck railroad up to Haydn. So you have like a diverse day trip with different means of transportation and can experience the, the Lake of Constance as well as our uh, mountains. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that information with us, Andreas. It's been really good to um, yeah to learn more about the region, and hopefully, when it's safe to travel again, that um, you actually start to get a few more international visitors uh, who stay for more than one day and really can appreciate the the customs and and the traditions of the region. Thank you as well. I hope you have learned some more interesting thing about our region, our traditions and uh, our culture. And of course, it uh, would be a pleasure to welcome all listeners uh, to the region of Appenzell. Thank you so much. Now, for those listeners who want to learn more, I'll uh, include links in the show notes to the Appenzeller Land website. Um, and also I'll um, mention some of the places that Andreas has talked about today. So you can uh, do your research and find out even more information about those. 
The show notes will be available at holidaystoswitzerland.com forward slash episode 18. So until next time, thanks for joining us and keep those Swiss travel dreams alive. Thank you so much for listening. For more great resources on planning a trip to Switzerland, make sure you visit holidaystoswitzerland.com where you'll find trip planning tips, destination guides, information on transport, including Swiss rail passes, and much more. You're also encouraged to join the Switzerland Travel Planning Group on Facebook where you can ask questions and chat to other past and future travellers to Switzerland. You'll find show notes from today's episode at holidaystoswitzerland.com forward slash podcast and be sure to subscribe to the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast so you never miss an episode.